I would like to start with a scripture here in the book of Isaiah, if we can turn to Isaiah chapter 41, Isaiah 41 and uh, verse 10, fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. We do serve a God who answers prayer. And he's telling us right here in this scripture not to fear. This disease, like we were saying in the last part, which was part two, that a lot of fear has been caused in the hearts of the people. But if we believe in the scriptures, if we rest in the scriptures, if we put our trust and confidence in the scriptures, there shouldn't be fear. And especially when it is God speaking, when it is God saying, don't fear. He's a person that is in control. He's an entity that has all the power, all the authority. He can protect us. He can preserve us. He's telling us, don't fear. We are only to do our part. We, shouldn't, we should be prudent. In other words... Uh, we are going to do uh, what we are expected to do, our 95%, like in this case, wear masks, especially when we are going out um, in public where there are many people. Um, we should wash our hands, 
as often as we possibly can and use sanitizers as recommended. Uh, the scripture says, a prudent man foreseeth evil and hideth himself. That's in Proverbs 22 and verse 3. If we are prudent, you will foresee evil coming and hide yourself. Uh, we should do take safety measures. We should stay safe. Uh, it's, it's not good to just say, God will protect me. God will, uh, uh, will not allow anything bad to happen to me. And you are doing nothing to, in your ability to uh, protect yourself. You are not prudent. You should foresee that there is evil. And uh, do everything possible to keep yourself safe. So, a prudent man foresees evil and hideth himself. And uh, in the last lesson, we, we were encouraging ourselves to be prayerful. And not only to be prayerful, like we are saying, not to be fearful. We should be so prudent as though everything depends on us and yet so prayerful as though everything depends upon God. In other words, we should do the best as far as safety is concerned. God is not going to do everything for us. There are things that he has delegated to man to do. Uh, we should be prudent enough uh, to play safe, to protect our lives. And then that which we can't do, that which we can't perform, uh, we leave it to God. Now, this disease is a, a worldwide pandemic uh, that has brought fear in the hearts of the people. A lot of fear. People are fearing for their lives. They do not know what to do. And it's so sad that even among God's people, it has caused the fear in their hearts. That's why we are saying, let's believe the Bible, let's believe the scriptures. Let's have confidence in the scriptures. Man does not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God doth man live. And uh, the next point, which is point number two, which we would like to state right here, is that this is not a biblical end time plague. Uh, people who are very quick to conclude and uh, who might have not read the Bible well, they are saying this is an end time plague. This is not a biblical end time plague. When the coronavirus hit us, many of our people started saying the world has come to an end. Christ is about to come. The world is ending. 
the world has come to an end. And there was a lot of pin, uh, panic. And uh, they said this world is gone. Uh, they couldn't see any future. A lot was said as this disease swept the world. The problem we have among us Christians is that we have been a people of most Christians have concentrated so much on messages of prosperity and living well. How can I get the best out of this world? How can I live my life at best in this life? Messages that teach you how to get rich, how to become prosperous, how to live well on this earth. Um, we have concentrated so much on that that uh, we've ignored other messages that are in the scriptures, that are in the Bible. In fact, some messages can only take you as a, on your Christian journey <clears throat> up to a point. And then when you hit a snag, you don't know what to say. The messages that you have been having can't explain what is happening, what is taking place. You've been receiving messages in the church. You've been listening to your preacher. But a point in time comes uh, when a problem strikes, when something that you don't expect to happen in the world strikes, uh, you are stuck in your boots. You can't explain what is happening. You begin to panic. You begin to fear. It's because you've ignored some messages <clears throat> that are given to us in the scriptures. When COVID-19 struck, many Christians in the world couldn't explain what was going on. They were just as uninformed as the non-Christians. They didn't know what is this. They asked so many questions. What is happening? There is a subject in the Bible that every Christian should study. Subject in the Bible that you as a child of God who has been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, who has been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, who has been converted, who has been baptized with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, a child of God, there is a lesson in the scriptures <clears throat> that we should study. This is the biblical end time events. Events of the end time. What are, how are things going to happen? It is interesting that many Christians talk about uh, Christ coming, Christ may come tonight, may come tomorrow, he can come anytime. They know Christ, when Christ comes, he will, uh, they will be taken to heaven. Um, and uh, that's where they end. They even do not know the events that will transpire when Christ comes. They don't know what is going to take place even before Christ comes. And when he comes, how is he going to come? These are lessons, there are lessons in the scriptures 
that we can read and uh, be informed. The end of the world is not meant to come upon us uh, unawares. I think it's Luke here in Luke chapter 21. If we can turn to the book of Luke chapter 21 and verse 34. The scripture says, And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with the suffering and drunkenness and cares of this life. Isn't that what we concentrate on? Uh, living well in this world, getting rich, having a good time, enjoying life in this world, uh, having an abundant life. Isn't this what we can really get involved in? The cares of this life, what I will have tomorrow, uh, my retirement uh, package, uh, what will take me through this life, my children, what they will live on, the cares of life, this life, so that that day come upon, us, come upon you unawares. You can be so involved in the things of this world that you take little time to think about the end time events. What Christ, what God is going to do in the end, <clears throat> the end time. And so that day can come upon us even though we are saved, even though we are Christians, even though we go to church. That day can come upon us when we don't know. Um, when we don't know even what to do. So, let's not spend our lives on messages that we just want to hear. Messages that tickle our ears. Messages that uh, are light. And uh, they don't deal even with our lives. Uh, Christ is not coming back for people that are dirty, uh, spiritually speaking. People with a lot of sin in their lives, a lot of things in their lives. You don't put your life right. You're, you're not concentrating on putting your life right, but you're interested in having just a good time, a good life uh, in this world, but you hardly think about your life, your relationship with God, whether your life is right, whether your life is clean. <clears throat> you just uh, depend um, on light messages, uh, messages that... Uh, teach you how to live well uh, on this earth. God said through Hosea that my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Ignorance is destructive in every sense of the world. If you are ignorant, you will be destroyed. Uh, you will not know how to conduct yourself if you are ignorant how to be safe, if you are ignorant what is going to happen in the future, especially as children of God, we are going to be destroyed. The Bible does not condone. The Bible does not put premium on ignorance. We should not be ignorant. Uh, many times Paul could say, I would have you not be ignorant. 
I wouldn't like you to be ignorant about this. I wouldn't like you to be ignorant about the other. I wouldn't like you to be ignorant about the other. But we leave those scriptures and we concentrate uh, on being blessed here on earth. It's not bad to be blessed here on earth. God has promised that. I mean promised us that. Uh, every one of us wants to be blessed on that. Blessings are not bad. Having a good house, good life, uh, having money to use is not bad. But let's not stop there. There are other things about, apart from uh, living well on this earth. And here in Hosea chapter 4, uh, it says, My people, God's children, uh, they are destroyed. Uh, there is something that they have ignored. My people have dis are destroyed. Because of lack of knowledge. Uh, that's sad. God's people. That's sad. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. Look at that. Uh, because you have rejected knowledge, you don't want to listen to the deep things of God. You don't want to listen to messages that direct, that correct your life. You don't want to be rebuked. You don't want to be corrected. You just want to be taught on how to live a good life in this world. Uh, there you are rejecting God. And he says he will also reject thee. Yeah, I will also reject thee that thou shalt be no priest to me seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. Not only to ministers, not only to pastors, if we forget God, to every child of God. Ignorance should not be accommodated. So, do we know all the events that are to transpire before Christ comes back? Do we know what is going to take place? How things will happen? What is going to uh, kick off what? Do we know those events? Or we are a people that say, well, Christ can come back any time, like we are saying. I don't know whether today or tonight. At least there are some things I know. Christ is not coming back today. He's not. Christ is not coming back tonight. Why am I saying so boldly? Because there are events right in the scriptures, right in the Bible, that tell us that that are to happen, that are to take place before Christ comes back. We've learned in the church, Israel is our time clock. We have a lot to focus in the Middle East. A lot. Because Israel is our time clock. However, I will not go digress so much. I will not go into that subject. But we neglect messages 
of the end time events. Because you say, all I want, I just want God to bless me. I just want God to give me money. I just want God to give me a car, God to give me a house, God to give me a good job. I just want to enjoy life. I don't care. Since I'm saved, I know uh, Christ is going to take me. I just want to live a comfortable life. If in the church service we dance for two hours, shall we really have time to listen and learn the truths that are in the Bible? In a church service, we take two hours and here we are, <clears throat> there you are in a, an acrobatic uh, type of worship taking two hours. By the time that acrobatic type of worship comes to an end, you are tired. You are tired. When you sit down, you just sink into a deep sleep. Or when you are in a service and uh, it's a dramatic kind of service, some kind of drama, and uh, the name of Jesus is the only thing Christianizing that kind of drama, by the end, you are tired. You are really tired. And you don't have time to listen to God's word. In any case, the word of God probably will be for 30 minutes. So there is not much time to spend in the word of God. Jesus told the Sadducees that you make a mistake, you do err, not knowing the scriptures, knowing the power of God. In Matthew 22 here, the, Pharisee, the Sadducees thought were, they were smart, so they came with a question to Jesus Christ. He said, let's go and get him. Uh, we, shall say, we shall see what he's going to say. Let's go and uh, face him. In Matthew chapter 22 and verse 29, Jesus answered and said unto them, to these Sadducees, you do err, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. The, uh, the Sadducees had asked a question that showed their ignorance of the doctrine of the resurrection. They didn't believe in the resurrection to begin with. So they said, we are going to, uh, let's lay a trap. They were ignorant of the doctrine of the resurrection. Christ told them, my friends, you make a mistake. You err. God through prophet Isaiah asked, whom shall he teach knowledge? Who are those people that are humble enough to learn? Who are those that can sit down one hour, two hours, and listen to the word of God? Who are those that can humble themselves and take in what the Bible says, when men that have been talked to by God, men that we can learn from, 
Men that God has given ability to explain the mysteries in the Bible. Men that can tell us what is going to transpire in the end time. Can we sit down? They are not talking about prosperity. They are not talking about good life. But they are telling us what is going to take place in the end time. Can we sit one hour? Can we sit two hours? Or we say, well, that is a dull preacher. Your preacher is dull. I don't know whether even he has the Holy Ghost. I really doubt if your preacher has the Holy Ghost. You want a dramatic service. You want a service where a scripture is said and a lot of words are mentioned and on your, on your feet. And uh, that's what you call a spiritual service. I tell you the spirit of God moved. The power of God moved. Every one of us was on our feet. Maybe. And probably. <clears throat> maybe not. But. We must humble ourselves. We must find these men. Where are these men? That can explain to us. Apart from how we can live a good life here on earth. That's good. That's great. That's powerful. But also what is ahead of us. So that when these things begin to happen, like COVID-19, we are not shaken because we know uh, we sh the, the end should not come, like Luke says. And we are not aware. Christ will come and many people will be so busy. It will be business as usual. They will be so busy. They do not know what God is speaking to his people. The signs that are are happening, they are just busy wanting a good life. So in Isaiah 28 here, if we can turn to Isaiah 28, the scripture says, Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? People don't want to listen to doctrine. They said doctrine divides. Doctrine separates God's people. I don't think so. Doctrine solidifies God's people. Doctrine gives direction to God's people. Doctrine cleans up God's people. It doesn't do any evil to God's people. We need to know doctrine. People want a message about good salvation, how I can live a good life. They don't want to listen to doctrine. They say, I don't need to learn doctrine. I will know when I'm in heaven. I hope you'll get there. Let me hope you'll get there. Uh, probably you need to know something about heaven. So, he says, whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make uh, to, know, to understand doctrine, them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breasts. People who want to know more about God, people who want to learn doctrine, are should be people that are tired of messages that just make us happy. Should be a people that are tired just messages that just causes you to jump 
up and down. We need messages that can make us consider about our life. How am I living my life? This is going to happen in the end. This is meant to transpire right now. How is my life? How am I living my life? Rather than jumping up and down. People that are tired of light messages, messages just, that just tickle the ear, messages that, they just, uh, uh, that just make you happy, those are, peop those are the ones that we can teach doctrines. People that are weaned from milk, light messages. Milk is a meal for the babies, food for babies. People who are not yet uh, of age, people who are not grown up, that is, uh, we give them milk. The message we are going, uh, we are giving here is to people who are tired, who are tired of the world, people who are tired of life of ignorance. They want something more. People who are tired of messages that just excite us or excite the people. Messages that excite the people, you don't have to open many scriptures with such messages. One, one scripture is enough for a sermon. In this message, we are going to open one scripture after another scripture. Verse 10, it says, For precept, Isaiah 28 verse 10, For precept must be upon precept. Precept upon precept. Line upon line. He says again, line upon line. Here a little, and there a little. I mean, when we are proving doctrine, we just can't mention one scripture. It must be precept upon precept. Precept upon precept. Line upon line. You can't just quote one scripture when you are proving doctrine. It must be many scriptures. You open the Old Testament, you open the New Testament, you go this way, you go the other way, you go to Isaiah, you go to Jeremiah, you go to Jonah, you go to Luke, you go to Revelation, proving a doctrine. And there somebody must sit still and open their ears and listen when the word of God is being divided. One scripture after another scripture. One scripture after another scripture. One line of thought after another line of thought. One line of thought after another line of thought. You sit. You are not jumping up and down. You are opening your Bible. You are looking at the scriptures as the preacher uh, preaches or teaches. And so, in this message, you are going to see, not probably all today, but you are going to see, 
we are going to open one line of scripture after another line of scripture. One line after another line of scripture. One line of thought after another line of thought. Be still. Open your ears. And may the Lord give the understanding. These judgments. Uh, let me begin by saying COVID-19, my brother and my sister, cannot be compared with the judgments of God that are going to hit this world. Don't think life will always be as will always be business as usual. It's not going to be like that. Every day the same, every day the same. You are living your life. You don't know that right in the future it's not going to be business as usual. Things are going to change. Things are not always going to remain the same. Things are going to change. Don't spend your life just laboring on what to eat, on what to put on, where to live, how, uh, how to enjoy life. It's not always going to be business as usual. This COVID-19 should wake you up. It should wake up. I mean, things have changed in our nation. We have been leveled up. Whether you have a car or not, we are all, most people, and unless you are providing essential services on food, uh, you are not able to do the activities that you do desire to do. Does that, doesn't that ring a bell that things have changed? Something can happen that it changes, changes the uh, course of events. Doesn't that tell us that life will not always be the same? And you are busy, you are backslidden, you are out of the church, and you are busy amassing wealth, amassing wealth, amassing wealth, and you are not thinking about the return of the Lord, events that uh, will transpire even before the Lord comes, and you think it will always be business as usual, business as usual. You left the church, you are seated at home, you think it's better uh, to stay at home than to come to church. When the Bible is very clear, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another, especially as we see the day approaching. You are just seated at home, busy with business, busy. With work, building one house after another, one house after another, one house after another. My friend, in this COVID-19, the storied building you have can't help you. The business that you have can't help you. Many people have left. Right now, even the arcade, you want to build an arcade, you want to, uh, to fly out. See how events have changed. You can't fly out. All borders have been closed. If you have an arcade, it's closed. Doesn't that ring a bell that life will not always be the same? You need to prepare your life. You need to put your life right. You need to come back to church. You need to come back to the body of Christ. You need to come and be taught and be instructed in the ways of the Lord. 
You need to learn more and prepare yourself for the return of the Lord instead of amassing wealth, working so hard so that you can be rich. So, this COVID-19 is just kindergarten. It can't be compared with the judgments of God that are going to hit this world. These judgments are described in the book of Revelation as we are going to see. This coronavirus is not even to be compared with the last seven plagues of the wrath of God that is going to be poured upon this earth. We as children of God, we should be aware of that. We shouldn't panic. We should trust God. We shouldn't fear this disease, coronavirus. However, we should be careful. There should be a concern for our elderly people and for those whose immune system has been compromised, like we have been told by our health ministry, people with the conditions in their body, people that have diabetes, people that have high blood pressure, people that are asthmatic, and such like conditions. Uh, they are to stay home. Uh, they are to stay home safely because should this COVID-19 get them, it will be a matter of minutes and they are gone. So they are not to go there, to go out there in public unless they are going to a hospital or something very urgent. We should be prudent like we have said. Uh, and even those that are okay, uh, when you are going to a crowded place, you are going to uh, buy groceries, you are going to the market, you are going to buy a medicine, you should wear a mask. And uh, we are to wash hands as many times as we can for our own safety. We don't need God to come down and wash our hands. He has delegated that to us. God is not going to do what he has delegated the man to do. So if you sit there and you don't do the, your 95%, then you are not just being wise. Now, continuing in our message, we are witnessing a worldwide overreaction about this COVID-19. This pandemic is serious. The scripture in Jeremiah says, if we can turn to Jeremiah, chapter 12, there are things that are written here in the scripture that really challenge us. The scriptures here in Jeremiah chapter 12, he said, If thou hast run with the footmen, and they have wearied thee, 
then how canest thou contend with the horses? And if in the land of peace, wherein thou trustest, they wearied thee, then how wilt thou do in the swearing of Jordan? Uh, the Living Bible simplifies for us. It uh, reads, <clears throat> If wrestling with mere men, just mere men, the man of Anathoth has worried you, how will you rest with the horses? Just wrestling with mere men, men like you, they have worried you. You have got tired. You, you, you have panicked. How will you rest with the horses? If you stumble, the Living Bible continues, on an open ground, what will you do in Jordan's jungles? Just where it is open, you have stumbled. What about in the jungles? In other words, if the world has panicked at COVID-19, what will they do when God pours out the seven last plagues? This COVID-19, I would like us to know, is not an end time pandemic. When it struck us, people say, this is the end of the world. This is the end of the world. This is the end of the world. They went everywhere. This is the end of the world. The world is going to come to an end. The world is ending. The world is ending. If COVID-19 has made you panic, what about those plagues? So it is not an end time pandemic. You just wonder what people will do when the end time pandemics come. In Matthew 24, we can turn to Matthew 24. The scripture says here in verses 7 and 8, for nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Pestilences, famines, earthquakes, that will be the beginning of sorrows. If we can also read verse 6, and you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, see that ye be not troubled, fear not, for all these things must come to pass. The scripture is telling us, but the end is not yet. All these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. This coronavirus is a sorrow. 
is the beginning of sorrows. You know, we, we have panicked, we have feared, but that is just the beginning of sorrows. But it is not one of the plagues that will be at the end time. That's why we need to go to a church that can explain to us the book of Revelation. Very many times in our services, preachers will just quote uh, Revelation 3.20, scriptures that are just isolated. But to go deep and uh, read the book of Revelation and let somebody explain to us the events that will transpire, many of us don't want that. So this COVID-19 is just a small sample. Look at that sample. It's a specimen. It's a small sample. In other words, it's something small. This COVID-19 that has cleared people, people in their thousands, in their thousands, and it's just a sample. It's just the beginning of sorrow. People don't know what to do. People have died. They have died. And just this is a sample. I tell you, if I were you, I would go back to church. If I were you, I would clean up my life. If I were you, I would really pray. I would be serious with the things of God. I don't like to be destroyed. Having received Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, I really don't want to be destroyed. I really don't want to, a day to come uh, when I don't know that Christ is about to come. So, the panic, the chaos, so on and so forth, that we will see in the end time is ahead of us. We say people have panicked, and they have. That's nothing. That panic on the scale is very small. There are greater events, plagues, sicknesses, diseases that are going to hit this world that when you compare them to COVID-19. COVID-19 is just a play. So, this coronavirus may be God's judgment. Maybe God's judgment. Do you know that throughout history, 
God has judged individuals. God has judged nations. God has judged peoples. You know, we just know one side of God. We think God, uh, God is a God of love. Uh, he's a, a loving God. Uh, God cannot allow something bad to happen to us. He's a loving God. And he cannot allow, my friend, God judges. For God to be holy, he must judge sin. He's not a God if he ignores sin. That's why Christ had to pay the cost. Christ had to pay for us the penalty. God is a God of judgment. What happened during the flood? When the, the then world became so wicked, did God, the antediluvian generation, did God just look on? Did God just enjoy his throne and just looked on? Oh, God came down and judged this world. So don't only know one side. I know God is a God of love. I know God forgives. But as a child of God, I must know time comes when God judges sin. Not only among people or nations, even as an individual. Don't live your life carelessly. A time comes when God judges sin in your life. All the sins that you have committed. That's why we say, if you are going to be in the first resurrection, if God is going to honor you and you are part of the first resurrection, the scripture says, blessed and holy is he that has part in the first resurrection. says, blessed, spiritually prosperous, blessed and holy. So God is just not going to ignore sin in your life. He must punish me. He must deal with me in my life. Those areas that are not right in my life. And I must be ready. I must be ready. I must just ask for the grace of God. God is not going to ignore. So people that are living their lives carelessly and living, ignoring God. They can't read the Bible. They can't uh, go to church. Uh, when all this will be done. Uh, when the uh, situation will improve and everything begins to uh, run normal. Uh, people can't go to church. Just remember that God has appointed a day in which he will judge the world. So things will not always be business as usual. So there is still a great tribulation in the future, in our future. It's not yet. The Bible is very specific about end time events. And every generation since the early church, every generation believed they were the last generation. Every generation, when you read the Bible, uh, 
even after the Bible was written. They have always believed they are the last generation. They always believed uh, they always believe they will see the end time events. They will see uh, the events that will take place at the end of time. Do you know the early church thought so. They really thought so. Uh, when you read Paul's letters, he says, we that are alive, we that will be alive, we will be changed. In a twinkling of an eye, at the sound of the trumpet, he believed uh, he will be around when Christ Return. Even when you read the history, Martin Luther, with the great Protestant reformers, they thought so. They, they, they thought they would see the end time events. Even the founders of this fellowship, the body of Christ, believed they would see the end of all things. Yet, one by one, they passed on. One by one, they passed on. But that belief, however, kept them very zealous. They knew Christ was coming. That made them not to be so worldly, not to concentrate their lives on things in the world, not be so worldly, everything for themselves. They were zealous for God. They preached. They studied the Bible. They worked for God. They, they evangelized. Uh, that was very good. When they believed that they were going to be around when Christ comes. But there will be a generation that will see the end of Gentile time. There is going to be a generation that will see the end of Gentile time. And uh, I pray that you stay with me <clears throat> as I go through this message and these lessons so that we are informed uh, so that that day does not come upon us unawares. I pray that you will find the time to listen to these messages that are given out. We shall continue with part four next time. God bless you.